Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Thank you, Pastor Harold. I'd just like to say Happy New Year to everybody out there. Whether if you're listening on your phone or you're gathered with your family, Happy New Year. Also, I'd just like to say it is a privilege to be here today. Oh man, so much emotions are going through me as I was singing and worshiping this morning that there's no way I could have saw this three years later or five years ago that I would be up here sharing God's word with you here today. I would like for us to turn our Bibles, go to your Bible app, and go to the book of John with me. We're going back to John today. John chapter 4. I'm going to share a story of a man who travels to find Jesus. And the man's plan was that when he encountered Jesus, that Jesus would go with him and heal his son. But Jesus had different plans for this man, and so Jesus told him to go. And when he told him to go, this man had to choose to have faith and to believe. So we're going to pick up in John chapter 4, verse 43 through 54. So Jesus had just left Samaria, and it says, after two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, for they had seen all that Jesus had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there too. Once more, he visited Canaan and Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal officer's son, whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When the man had heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And Jesus said, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. You will never believe. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you people will never believe. At this point, I feel like Jesus was a little disappointed and it was kind of scolding him. But the royal officer said, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said, Go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and he departed. And while he was still on his way, his servants met him and brought the news that his boy was living. And when he inquired of the time, as the time of the place the son got better, They said yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized this was the exact time in which Jesus said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believe. This was the second sign that Jesus had performed after coming to Judea from Galilee. Father, I thank you for this opportunity just to share your word, Lord. And I just pray today that our folks are sitting at home or wherever they receive this message, that, that you would connect your word to their heart. Maybe, you realize, maybe they will open their eyes to something new in their life, a new opportunity. Maybe their faith will grow today. That's, our, that's my prayer, that our faith would grow today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the beginning of chapter 4, which I didn't read, it, it talks about Jesus he was on a journey, and he was tired. And so he sat down at the well. This is the beginning of chapter well. And a Samaritan woman came and sat behind him to get some water. And this is the story of the woman at the well. And so Jesus spent some time with this woman, and he revealed himself to her. He said, I am he. And he told this woman everything she had ever done. And she was amazed by Jesus. 
she couldn't keep what he had, she had found out about this man named Jesus, and she, she told many others. And so many other, the Samaritans, came to him, and, just, and they urged Jesus just to stay a little bit longer. And it says that he stayed with them for two days. And because of Jesus stayed with them, many more became believers. In John chapter 4, verse 42, it says, They said to this woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said, the woman, we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. See, they saw Jesus as the Messiah, and they heard for themselves, and now they believed. This was the exact kind of faith that Jesus was looking for. And so Jesus was still on mission. He was doing some really good things in Samaria, but he had to stay focused. And so he was heading back home. And so in verse 44, it says, he, Jesus pointed out that no prophet has honor in his own, in his own country. And Je- Jesus was, nothing was stopping Jesus from fulfilling the mission of the Father. And it says in verse 45, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, for they had seen all that Jesus had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had been there. And so what he was talking about is in John chapter 2, verse 23 through 24. Many people saw these signs at the festival that Jesus was performing, and they believed in his name. They believed. But, they, but Jesus would not trust himself to them, for he knew all people. See, although the Galileans welcomed him, their reception was based on what he could do for them and not for who Jesus was. Their reception was based on what he could do for them, not for who he was. I want to share a story with everybody today. It was years ago, my friends Adam and Hannah had asked me to officiate their wedding for them. And I was excited for this opportunity. Although I had never done this before, I knew this was one of the things that becoming a pastor, I'd have the opportunity to do. And so as, as excited as I was, I was just equally nervous as well. I just didn't want to mess this wedding up because I know how important a wedding is. And so let's fast forward a couple months from the day that they asked me, and it was the day before the wedding, and it was an outside wedding. And so we did a rehearsal, and we wanted to do a walkthrough, and uh, I felt pretty confident in my ability not to mess this up. We had one little problem. Uh, rain was coming for, coming for us, and so doom and gloom was certain, and we just had this really bad feeling that it was going to rain all day the next day. And so my wife and I, we found ourselves later that night at Walmart buying all the umbrellas that we could possibly get our hands on because we just didn't want the rain to ruin the whole day. And so let's go to the wedding day. The wedding day came the next day, and hey, the rain clouds, they decided to part for the day, and wedding bells were ringing, and people were taking their seats, and it was a glorious day. So Adam and Hannah, they stood before me, and the ceremony started. And remember, I'd never done this before. And so, about five minutes into the message, I took a step back, and I felt all alone. I felt like I was an island, on an island, and I looked to my wife, who was sitting in the audience, and I said, run to the car and get my phone. Remember, these are guests. I don't know who these people are, really. I said, run to the car and get my phone. So it was a quarter mile down the gravel road. Thankfully, she wasn't wearing heels, and she was in marathon training form, so I knew she was the perfect person for this run to get my phone. And so rain would not be the curse of the day, but the heat would cause my iPad to overheat. And so standing up there, 
in front of these people, I felt all alone. All I could think about was that I screwed this up for them. And I was just wondering where God was in this moment. I thought, I thought you called me to do these kind of things. And, and there I was, all alone up there. Finally, my wife showed up. The show went on. They kissed. It's official, Mr. and Mrs. Chapman. But the thing was, is that the break in the wedding was actually an opportunity. It was only five or eight minutes. It was an opportunity for Adam and Hannah to push pause on this busy, busy day and to look at each other and be reminded why they were still, why they were standing there. To look at each other and be reminded why they were still, why they were getting married. You know, my friends, Adam and Hannah, they actually told me after this had happened that they were happy that something like this actually happened because they wanted to look back at their wedding day and laugh at a moment like this. And all I could say is, you're welcome. So verse 48 through 50 in the passage in John, it says, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. You will never believe. The royal officer said, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said, go, go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and he departed. Most of us have been somewhere in our life where we just needed to see a sign from God, haven't we? Where we just, we just felt alone. I know I did in that moment. I felt like a sign would be that one thing that could get me through this. Something unexpected will happen in every single one of our lives. Times in which we will be looking for a sign. Places in that moment where we need to put our faith and trust in God. Those times, the sign isn't what we're looking for. It's Jesus. To have, he's asking us to have faith and trust in him. See, our relationship with Christ calls us to have faith in all situations, in all circumstances. And in John chapter 4, he mentions two different kinds of people in which how they viewed him. One group saw him as this uh, miracle man, these sign seekers, like, what can you do for me, Jesus, kind of group. In the other group, the Samaritan woman in the village, they saw him as the Savior. See, seeing Jesus as the Savior should assure us that he is with us in the good times and in the hard times, that he is with us. How we see Jesus will ultimately be, will ultimately be how we truly believe in him. How we see him will be how we believe in him. So, church, how do we believe in Jesus? How do you believe in Jesus? How do you see Jesus today? Because there will be times in our life where our faith will be put to the test. It was years ago uh, when me and my wife, a, a year after we got married, we decided that we wanted to build a home. And I can remember we had a blueprint, we had a contractor, we had a, a, yeah, a guy that we sat down with and we looked at this blueprint and it said every single thing that we wanted in our home was in, each room was mapped out, all the flooring, all the whatever, the paint, the finishes, everything that Janae wanted was on this blueprint. And so like we followed this blueprint and we had an agreement that this was the things that we were gonna follow through in building our home. Something tells me that I wish that God would give us a blueprint of our lives. 
wouldn't that just be a little bit easier if God could just say, hey, these are the things that you can anticipate. These are the moments in lives where we can have celebrations, milestones, birthday, whatever it may be. But then also, we can prepare ourselves for heartaches too. We can anticipate moments where it's uncertain, moments where we might feel alone, that we could prepare ourselves for that. We could get a little glimpse into the future and we could know step by step how we can prepare ourselves for life. Wouldn't that be easier? A little less stressful. But you know what? God calls us to have radical faith in him and for us to trust him through all circumstances in life. Believing in his plan for our lives calls us to have faith. You know, in the Bible, the Bible mentions faith quite often. It mentions it, depending on which version of the Bible that you're reading, between 350 to 450 times. It's a pretty important thing to Jesus for us to have faith. But I know that it's easier said than done in all circumstances. A couple places in which faith is mentioned is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We live by faith and not by sight. To believe only after we see is to merely just acknowledge a result. Jesus mentions nothing when we merely acknowledge results. Only when we believe and have faith. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So whether this is your first time online or listening to the word of Jesus, or you've been a follower of 40 years of following Jesus and been coming to church, faith is basically this simple. We trust God. But the hard part is being willing so are we willing to trust God today in all areas? You know what? I, this is an honest statement, and it's probably true for everybody. Faith brings waiting, and waiting is hard. I, I know it, it has been in my life, and, and sometimes we can get impatience with all different kinds of things in our life, especially when we can't really see ahead, we can't see in the future. But faith calls us to wait sometimes. I can, I can look back and recall some of the times in which I had to wait for prayers that I've been praying for. I can remember um, when I became a believer and I just knew that one of the next steps that I wanted in my life was to find someone to marry. And I can remember that prayer very clearly. I just asked the Lord if you would just bless me with someone that I can call my wife, that I could, uh, that I can marry this person in our church that or that she would be a believer. That's all. I didn't know where she was or who she was. I had no idea. But I just felt that the Lord put this on my heart, and he said these words in my heart, that she is near. And I really didn't know what that meant. Um, did I work with her? Where am I going to meet her? I had no idea who she was. It'd be years later after I started that prayer that the Lord blessed me with uh, Janae, and I met her here at church. And so we've been married five years now. And, but the waiting was hard. The waiting was a challenge, I should say. Okay, so I grew up in the 90s. And I grew up a Cubs fan. And so being a Cubs fan in the 90s was really challenging. But it was really fun, though, I tell you that. Because the Cubs, the fun part was watching them. And the hard part was watching them lose. And so listening to Harry Carey was really fun. Watching Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, Sean Dunstan, Mark Grace. You know who all those guys are if you're a Cubs fan. 
but they were hard to watch because they never made the playoffs. And so, but fast forward to the 2000s and they started to become a little bit fun to watch, right? And so then 2016 came. Here we were, we were at the World Series. They were down three to one. We just thought like, was this gonna be Bartman all over again? But who would have thought a hundred year drought would be one after a rain delay? Who would have won? Who would have thought that? They pulled it off. Maybe we'll wait another hundred years. I don't know. But that was a moment in my life where I can remember it took a lot of faith to be a Cubs fan. This one is really true for me. And uh, this was standing up here before you, the courage that it took for me to uh, just uh, to know that God had called someone like me into ministry, to think that he could use uh, a sinner like me with the past that I have to come and share the gospel. Um, I can recall countless times, more times than any, where I would step on stage or share something in front of people where I just didn't say the right things, where I just felt like I had fallen and I stepped down from up here and I just felt like I didn't do well. But you know what? God does not see when we fall. He only sees when we get back up. And so I continued to pursue the calling that the Lord had placed on my heart. So back to the story, Jesus was on mission from his father and he was heading back home. And when he got there, a man found him. And in verse 47, it says, when this man had heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him. This man went to Jesus and he begged him. He said, come and heal my son who is close to death. So this man, he traveled miles and miles just to meet Jesus. I can just imagine this man, this officer, just searching the city, wondering where Jesus was, what this miracle man looked like, what, what kind of sign could he send to my son to heal him? Just looking around town, where, are, where is this guy at? And so the point I want to make by sharing that, the, the, the point I want to make by uh, sharing that scripture was that this man came to Jesus. And that is such an important part of our journey. When we come to Jesus, see, Jesus desires a hunger in all of us in him. I believe he's calling all of us to bring our lives to him. So what's broken? What's hurting today? What needs healing? What have you been praying about? What has been on your heart? There are times in our lives where we just need a sign without the work of a relationship with Jesus, but that is not searching for the real presence of Jesus in our lives. That's not searching for the real presence of Jesus in our lives. See, our faith grows when we seek him out. Coming to him is where we can really make steps in our growth with Jesus. Maybe you're listening and you'd say, hey, Jesus can't fix what I'm going through. You have no idea, Pastor, like what I have made, what, what I've done in my life is beyond repair. Only if you knew the things that I've done that you would just say that Jesus doesn't have time for me. I, I would say that's not true and that the Lord has a plan and he has a purpose for you. I just have a hard time believing that he only cares about some and not the others. So in John chapter four, Jesus left a place of comfort 
and he went to a place they didn't honor him. This story tells me that he's willing to go to places that seem uncomfortable. And he'd do the same for you, and he'd do the same for me. I was reminded years ago, as I was preparing this message, when I was lying in bed, it was really early in the morning, it was around five or six in the morning, and for the last couple of days, I'd been praying to Jesus. And my prayers turned to begging, and I just asked the Lord to come and save me. See, I, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at this moment, but I just knew that this was the place I needed to get to, was just to pray to this guy, Jesus. You see, I was lost and I was broken. I had struggled with drugs and alcohol for 20 years of my life. And I felt alone. I felt hopeless. There was a lot of wondering in my life. See, my life, I felt like my life was in rooms. And it came to a point in my life where I needed someone to rescue me. I got comfortable in my addiction, though, to be honest. I just figured that this was going to be easier to just stay the path that I was going because we all know that change is difficult. And so I got comfortable being who I was, but I knew that this wasn't the life that the Lord had for me. I definitely had hit this place called rock bottom, a place where I was all by myself and I was alone. And if you'd ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the lowest of lows and it's the place of pure loneliness. And so I came to Jesus he met me in my brokenness, and he saw me. See, Jesus is willing to go to those broken, place, broken places for us. See, what, he, what we see in our eyes is not what Jesus sees. He sees hope. He sees a future in every single one of our lives. So maybe your life isn't as crazy as that. I mean, I didn't give too many details, but it, it, it was pretty rough. But we can carry around this idea that Jesus can't forgive me for what I've done. But I want to say that he can forgive all of us for what I've done, what you've done. There will be times in our lives where we're wondering where God is. And whatever that thought is that's coming through your mind, that's a lie and that's from the enemy. So the enemy can blur our vision of the power of Jesus. But he's calling all of us, no matter what your past is, to take steps of faith towards him. Our past experiences can overshadow our faith in Christ. Can't we all look back and see God's handiwork in our lives? We just sang that song, Goodness of God. And all I, I'm glad I didn't come up after singing that song because I was reflecting that God has been so good to me. I know if we just took some time, we could see God's handiwork and God's goodness in our lives, can't we? So Jesus arrived in Galilee, it says, the officer went to him and he begged him to come to heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. You will never believe. And Jesus said, go. Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. So this officer was looking for this outward sign. And Jesus was looking for the inward movement of his heart. He was looking for something inside. It's not about us seeing Jesus do something, but it's about what's in our heart that makes us who we are in Jesus' eyes. It's in your heart. So Jesus didn't go with him and perform some miracle sign or healing. He simply tells the man to take him at his word. And the man believed, and Jesus left. 
The man believed Jesus and he left. I just imagine that walk home would have been really challenging for this man. He just met this miracle man, Jesus, and Jesus totally told him just to go. And so on the way home, I could imagine that he was wondering if Jesus even healed his son. Like, what's going on with my kid back home? But he left his request and he had faith in Jesus and his faith was put to the test. Haven't we all been somewhere and left something at the feet of Jesus? Haven't we all prayed a prayer and we prayed it and and we just left it with Jesus? You know, the truth is, that's where our faith begins. The waiting has started and our faith begins. Jesus said the words, go and your son will live. I was just thinking, I just wish that God would just be so clear to me like that, that he would be standing right in front of us, that he would tell us and we would hear it clear as a bell as if he was right there. We would know it absolutely 100% what he wants in us and for us to believe. But that wouldn't take much faith, now would it? Just like the man, Jesus is looking for us to come to him, to take steps toward him and to trust. Maybe we can start today. Maybe we can start today by coming to Jesus. You know, just as important as it is to come to Jesus, it's important what we do after. Will we depart like the man and take Jesus at his word and believe that he can do amazing things from afar? Or will we be like the people of his hometown and be looking for a sign? Jesus is looking for us to have faith in him. He wants us to know that he goes with us. The times in our lives where it's the hardest and we're looking around for a sign, those are the times in which Jesus wants us to look to him. I was reminded very clearly of the road that it took for Janae and I to become parents. It was hard. There was definitely some times of uncertainty. We pushed through those hard times and we kept pursuing God. There would be times of wondering, was this ever going to happen? Could we become parents one day? But it was something that the Lord had placed on our heart. I can remember it so clearly, sitting in the doctor's office, experiencing heartache, wondering, why did you bring me to this doctor's office for us to experience what we're feeling right now? The drive home, not talking very much, just wondering what, was going on in our lives. Lord, I thought we had done everything you'd asked us to do. We come to church. We believed in you. The pain was real. We just wanted to know that he was near. We wanted to become parents so bad. Our faith was put to the test beyond explanation. Maybe you know how this story ends. And we got to welcome our baby into our lives last year, Aubrey Elizabeth, and she is amazing. We love this girl to death. I tell you that story so that you'll keep pursuing what God has placed on your heart. We can all be reminded and we all can look back and wondering why something happened, can't we? Where are you, God, in those moments? What God's up to, we may not understand, and it's hard, but he's just calling all of us to believe in him. He's calling all of us to believe in him.
Jesus calls us to have radical faith in him. And Jesus is looking to fulfill the mission of the Father in your life today. He's willing to go anywhere for you. Sometimes doubt can overshadow the power to believe and to live, to live a life for Christ. Trials of our faithfulness will always be tested by the world we live in. It, they will always be tested by this world we live in. So church, as I wrap this up, what are those things that keep you up at night? What are those things that race through your mind at night when your head's laying on the pillow that might stress you out and wonder where God is? What are those things? I imagine for some, it could be your health. Just wondering, you're just not at that place you were five years ago or one year ago. Every single one of us have relationships with our spouses, our children, our friends. They're just not what they used to be five years ago or 10 years ago. Why, why this, Lord? Why did this happen? What did I do wrong? And there could be places of wondering where God was in those relationships. Our finances just haven't been the same over the years and times are really tough, Lord. Just, we just need more faith in you. Help us to trust that you are with us. Give us purpose, Lord. Where is our faith today, church? It's a challenging thing to ask of you today, but that's what the Lord has placed on my heart. So no matter what you're facing today or what obstacles are in front of you, I believe that we have a God that cares for all of us. And I believe that there is a way forward for all of us. And he wants to know that he is with us and he has already planned this path for you. We're gonna sing a song th this morning today and we've never sang it. Part of the chorus is, I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you're going to make a way, Lord, in those, some of those things that I mentioned, Lord, but I know that you will. And so that's the heart that we need to have for the Lord. We can always go back and remember his faithfulness. We know we can be reminded that he is the savior of this world and he is the savior of your life. So as we sing this song, I want us to reflect and ask ourselves, what are those things that we can lay at the feet of Jesus? So let's reflect and be reminded the faithfulness of our Lord. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.